Camper. Have no fear, happy campers is here. It's a summer camp themed podcast where we reminisce about the stuff that we missed, about the best summers we ever had. And there will be reflection and lots of introspection and a great selection of guests that will stop by. So grab a glass of bug juice, relax, and say hi to both your hosts. We're Julie and Sammy, your podcast family. We're going to start the show. Hey, happy campers listeners. Thanks for tuning in to our new episode called Oldies But Goodies. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? I'm great. <laughs> I don't feel. think we're really old, though. No. We don't feel old. You're not old. You're not old. So we're joined here with Julia, your co-host, and... Sammy. And we've got two very special friends of the podcast, our friend Gail and our other friend Jesse. Hello. How's it going? Good. We're so excited to be here. Well, thank you for coming. Do we uh, do we want to tell our listeners how we all know each other? I mean, like, I want to know how you guys uh, met. <laughs> well, we met about, would you say, Jesse, three years ago? Correct. We met three years ago at um, an Ibera Star Grand Hotel in Maya Riviera, and we were all in the jacuzzi, and we started talking, and we got to know each other. And then for the last three years, during Christmas time, we've all met in the jacuzzi, and that was our vacation. So we met in a jacuzzi, basically, or a hot tub. Exactly. Gail and Jesse are my family's favorite hot tub friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're the hot tub friends. And we chat about life and love and adventure. And sometimes we even talk about camp. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, so how did you come to find out that Julie... that? Gail and Jesse went to camp in the hot tub. Because Gail and Jesse tell the best stories, and some of their stories are about their time when they went to sleepaway camp. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also talk about our friends, and most of our friends go back to our camping experience. Oh, okay. that's amazing. Yeah. My oh. closest friend, and uh, um, Lynn, my closest friend, she I have known for over 50 years. Whoa. We went to sleepaway camp together. And we still speak every single day. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh-huh. Uh, great. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Okay, but you went to different camps, right? Yep. Okay, all right. So first, to like get warmed up a little bit, we have some rapid-fire questions. And it's just like a, a few just campy questions you guys can answer quickly if you want to. Sure. Rapid-fire is a misnomer because sometimes they take a long time. Yeah. Okay. We'll just power through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Each of you can give your responses. Yeah. So the first question is, what was your favorite camp tradition? Um, going shopping to fill my trunk up with clothes that I'd be wearing during the summer. Oh, that's a good one. I think going to the Orange County Fair every year after visiting day. Oh. Okay. What was your favorite camp activity? Hmm. I guess I'm going going on raids to the boys' bunks. Oh. Yeah. Full activity. Yes. <laughs> For me, it was horseback riding. Yeah. I loved the horses, and I became the horseback riding counselor afterwards. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I uh, was a non-rider. Same, same. <laughs> but I respect riders. Uh, Gail, what was your favorite camp meal? Hmm. Well, once a week they had... Oh, sorry. Once a week they had pizza and chow mein on the same day. Can you believe that? Pizza and chow mein? Yes. Pizza <laughs> and chow mein on the same day. So that was probably my favorite. I don't know which one was my favorite, but one of those definitely was my favorite. I have to think about that for a little bit. I don't know if I had any favorite meal. 
You know, going to camp, our parents sent us there, and they thought they were sending us to the Ritz of the Four Seasons. For them, it was, oh, you're going to the country, you're going to have such a good time, okay? And they were just trying to get rid of us. And it was really, instead of going to Ritz of Four Seasons, it was like going to Army boot camp. <laughs> Nothing was really good. And a funny story, actually, is because of the meals, I have an aversion to peanut butter today. <laughs> oh, really? Because... What they used to do in the beginning of the summer, they used to put a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly at the end of the table, and it would be used for substitutes if people didn't like the meal. Well, a week into camp, you couldn't tell which was the peanut butter and which was the jelly anymore. <laughs> Kids would mess it up, and I, if I just think about those jars, I'd start shivering. <laughs> ah, that's so funny. Uh, Gail, did you have a favorite camp counselor? Hmm, I'm trying to or think. Or maybe even least favorite, someone who was mean well, to you. you know- I'm trying to think back. There was a, a one camp counselor, Susan, and she was pretty cool. She let us do whatever we wanted to do. So that was kind of cool for us. Isn't that the like concept of like who was a cool counselor was like the ones who didn't give a shit what right. you did at exactly. all. Right, exactly, exactly. We could do whatever we wanted yeah. to do. As far as the camp counselors, again, growing up as an adolescent boy, I think that we used to have a lot of these uh, what we call foreign counselors from England or Ireland. And they were always really cool because they didn't know American American traditions, and we could always get over on them. <laughs> uh, do you have any or remember any favorite camp songs? Um, yeah, I definitely do. Would you like me to sing? <laughs> yes, one? yeah. So I went to a camp called Camp Shenawanda, and okay. it was on um, a lake, and the lake was called Fiddle Lake, and it was shaped like exactly like a fiddle. So we used to sing, and I don't know all the words of it, but we used to sing. Fiddle Lake is drying up. What are we going to do? Hurrah. Fiddle Lake is drying up. What are we going to do? Hurrah. That was one of the songs. I do have like a few others. <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely ask you to sing more further into the podcast. Okay. Jesse, you got a song for us? Well, you don't want me to sing. Okay. <laughs> That's one. Okay. Uh, but we always used to have an activity called Senior si- or Sing that each division would have to come up with songs and I love the comedy parts okay because basically it would be making fun of the other campers and counselors and things like that one thing I remember though is that in the dining hall if campers got caught you know kissing each other or something like that the next day in the dining hall the girls would always make a spectacle of it and they used to sing a song like it the first they'd say quiet please everybody would like get everybody quiet okay And they say, dedicated to Bill and Jody, okay? There was Bill's down by the train station, you know, I-N-G, you know, first came love, then came marriage, (laughs) then came Jody with the baby carriage, okay? So those kinds of songs I remember. That's so cool. And our last rapid-fire question, what's the most useful skill that you learned at camp? Hmm. I guess how to make a bed. Because we had to make beds during inspections, and we had to use, what were they called? What were those, just those corners? Hospital corners. Mm -hmm. We had to learn to do that. That's why at home I use only fitted sheets, because it's just too much work doing those hospital corners. So (laughs) I think that's the most practical thing I learned at camp. I would say lying. Lying. (laughs) Gail, I thought you were going to say gossiping. (laughs) (laughs) It's just part of my life. (laughs) I knew that before camp. I was born with that skill. (laughs) That's great. All right, so uh, we're going to move on now to a section that we call camp meeting, where we're going to just dive into some questions we have about what it was like to your camp experience and how you think it's different from, you know, camp now. But first, so Gail, we got a sense of, 
uh, the camp that you went to. It was co-ed. It was a co-ed camp, mm-hmm. right? Can it was in a little, yeah, a little Thompson, bit more... Pennsylvania, probably an hour from Monticello. I mean, it was a very nice camp. I mean, it was a basic camp. We didn't have a pool. We had a lake. Our cabins were okay. <laughs> we didn't have a pool. Pools are for wusses. Well, I think today they do have Olympic-sized <laughs> pools at camps, to be honest with you. But back then, no, it was just a simple camp. We would wake up to Reveille in the morning, and we would go to the flagpole. We used to wear, um, just throw clothes over our pajamas because we wanted to sleep <laughs> till the last minute. Mm-hmm. We'd be half asleep and we'd have to do flagpole and stuff like that. Then we'd go back, we'd have inspection and breakfast. Um, and then we'd have a list of activities that we'd have to do during the course of the day. What years were you at camp? So I'm going to say when you had asked me, was I in the 60s or 70s, I probably did start in the late 60s. And I stayed at camp for about 12 years through when I was a counselor. Oh, I was a counselor wow. one year. Me too. I did 12 You too. did? Yeah. 12 years. Seven and as that a was it. five as a counselor. Eight weeks right after school finished. Yeah. Pack it up. We went to Bayside. We got picked up there by a bus and we drove up to camp. And then four weeks later, the parents came came to visit, and then four weeks later, we went home. Yeah. And we stayed really tight with the friends from camp. It was like living together. We had like, it was great. It was one of my best experiences of life, going to sleepaway camp. Probably the funniest things, too, that happened there, too. (laughs) And Jesse, can you tell us about the camp that you went to and what it was like? I went to Camp Summit, which is not in existence anymore, and that was in the Catskills, very similar to Gail's camp. It was also co-ed. And what I would think is it was almost a family affair. There were two owners that were brothers, and they had all their relatives working there, and everybody called them Uncle Joe and Aunt Mike, and even the campers there, it was always big families with their cousins, and uh, it was, again, it was a very warm experience. The friendships that we made, as Gail says, okay, we still have today, okay? While we were there, we always felt that we were suffering, <laughs> now, we were missing the luxuries at home. Okay? At home, we had color TVs and air conditioning. And I remember being in these, you know, the conditions at camp. It's like one step above camping. Okay? So, um, my, When I was growing up, my grandmother used to say to my dad, my grandmother's like Holocaust survivor, like tough woman. And she used to say to my dad, like, you spoil Samantha by sending her to camp. And my dad would be like, there's no electricity there. <laughs> There's a shower house. Like, th- she does not spoiled at camp. She's spoiled at home. Right. Like, that's what they... Right, exactly. But then our parents used to remind us of that all yeah. the time. They work hard. They send us to camp, okay? You know, like, other kids are sitting in the streets of New York, and they're playing stickball on the concrete, you know? Uh, and, Jesse, how many years did you go to camp? Oh, I was also, I think, 11 years, okay? So you were yeah. a counselor You're for a both bit? Both lifers. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Um, what? So was yours all boys camp or also? No, it was co-ed. co-ed. It was also co-ed. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where we uh, basically the boys and girls learn to uh, get our rites of passage. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> first girlfriends and boyfriends from camp. Uh, so what was going on like in the world while you were at camp? It was like Luke kind and Laura of a- got married on General Hospital. <laughs> I remember having to. We had like one black and white TV that a kid brought up, and we had to like use it and you know stick like um stick a hanger like in to make the antenna Wait, a and a kid stuff. brought the TV, TV to yeah, camp yeah little TV to camp Whoa. like a black and white little TV very very small and we had to make like an antenna out of it and it was a big affair because Luke and Laura did get married and that was big from General Hospital 
It's a big, big thing going on. <laughs> I think also, wasn't the first moonwalk also when we were at, yeah, yeah I think the first time someone walked, right? Moonwalk? Yeah. It was my, 1969. My told, yeah, my mom told yeah. me a story about Yeah, so that about was right. Cause like I said, we went to campus starting in the late 60s and through 70s. And yeah. did you, so it was like a big time of change in the United States. So did you see the moonwalk, the moon We landing? all watched it on TV, Yeah, you yes, watched we it did. at We would have watched it, yeah, yeah. on TV. And was Vietnam happening? That I don't know. Do you know that? Yeah, it was happening, yeah. So from my experience, I think I was the first year I was there, I remember being in a cafe or the dining hall, they called it, at lunchtime. And somehow, again, the girls said, quiet, please, okay? And they announced that man had just walked on the moon. We didn't have TVs. We were cut off. Okay? We, had, we used to listen to, like, transistor radios. Yeah. Okay. That was the only form of communication we had. Other things that I remember happening, though, uh, when I was at camp, I didn't go to camp that far away from Woodstock. Oh. And we were listening on the radio. In fact, I remember during Woodstock, we all somehow that they knew that was going on there. And the owner of the camp splurged and we made sandwiches, salami sandwiches and people, people making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And somehow they filled boxes of sandwiches and the state troopers took them over to Woodstock for the people. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. All those uh, like stoned people really had the munchies. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also as a camp, again, that they announced, I think uh, it was Nixon resigned when I was at camp, and that yeah. was also a big thing. But again, we heard it from, you know, word to mouth. You know, someone heard it on a radio, and then that's how it spread. Uh, so I was nine years old, and JFK Jr.'s plane went down, and I remember someone had a, got a newspaper, and everyone was like, oh, my God, we have news from the outside world. This happened. But, like, I was always so insulated from anything that was ever happening outside of camp. I have one memory of... But, like, nothing really has happened while I was a camper. We were, it was 2004. As... You had just left camp, but I was here that summer, and there was a, we were up in Maine. But I guess that was when there was that big blackout in New York City. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, early August, so we were just like a week from heading home, I remember. Mm-hmm. So we were getting updates on that. And it was funny because we were like, well, we don't have power at camp. Yeah. Like, what are they complaining <laughs> yeah. about? And then I hear that everyone's like stuck in subways and like, it's terrible in Manhattan <laughs> when that happens. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how have you stayed in touch with your camp friends? I mean, it sounds like they're some of your yeah, best so friends. So your yeah, best friend like, is yeah, your camp friend. It's definitely my camp friend. Okay. And we talk about camp all the time. And, you know, we've kind of, we should, and we've talked about having a 50-year reunion because we have been we have been best friends for 50 years. Does your camp have reunions? Not that I know of. Not that I've heard of. And for me, it's the same thing. There's a group of friends I still keep in contact. Uh, my college roommate and my best man at my wedding I met in camp. Okay? I have another few friends from Long Island that we were always kept in contact with. And interesting, recently, about a year ago, two years ago, was after 40 years, through Facebook, a bunch of us, other people, hooked up, and we met here in Manhattan, and we went out to a restaurant. And it was a really uh, fun experience, you know, going back, seeing people you haven't seen for 40 years, so... Yeah, there's definitely yeah. something about yeah. the memories that yeah. are made at those years that yeah. they, you just replay them over and over. And I see now with social media, though, I mean, a lot we still have some Facebook groups and people communicate through that. So, how does it a, feel when you guys all get together and then have to like knowing that the camp no longer exists? Again, that's that it's okay. Not really, because again, it wasn't the camp. Okay, it was the people there. Okay, yeah. as I said, okay, we felt we were suffering. 
okay? <laughs> it was tough camp, okay? You know, it was, it was very stru- yeah, it was very structured, okay? We had lots of rules and regulations, okay? And it was just the fact that we all got through it together, okay? That's what made the camping experience, you know, so wonderful for us, I guess. That's cool. Um, so we wanted to ask you guys, we talked a little bit about what skills you learned at camp, but kind of what characteristics that make a camper did you find maybe attractive in each other when you guys met in your early 20s? You know what? I think we both, I think we were both kind of raised the same way. Do you know, like going to summer camp was a big, tremendous part of my life, and I think it was a big part of Jesse's life. And we enjoyed the activities, even though we say we didn't. We enjoyed the activities. <laughs> Which ones did we like? <laughs> we like, you know what? I like volleyball. I like the sports. The only one I really didn't care for was swimming. Swimming was a Ugh. big thing. To swim in a lake that has fish and mush at the bottom <laughs> is something that I just had no interest in doing whatsoever. <laughs> so I would pretend to fail. The, even though my parents had given me swimming lessons, I pretend to fail the test every year so that I could only swim like in the low, in the shallow, shallow area yeah the shallow because wow. I didn't want to you went go the opposite out. way yeah I went the opposite some people would think then you don't have to touch the bottom but I was just really yeah. happy to be just to be in the yeah, shallow end. I really was I was happy to just be there I could get in and out really quickly you're like whatever I can swim I don't <laughs> uh, need yeah really it was really it was quite gross with yeah. fish around you swimming around you um and stuff but I think Jesse and I we um, we both loved our camp experience. We had friends from camp, and that's what, you know, when you get together and you start talking and some of your experiences in life are the same, that makes you connect better, too. I think so. You know, just to tell some stories about swimming, because I recall the things as we talk about it. My camp did have a pool. I should say a large bathtub, okay? <laughs> and it was, like, in a shady part, so it's always freezing cold, the water. They didn't have a heater. Okay, and they would make us go in like morning. We had instructional swim, and the afternoon it would be recreational swim. We also had a a lake too. Okay, so when we had recreational swim, whether it be the lake or the pool, and realize in the pool it was a small pool, and we'd have a thousand people in the pool, it was standing room only. You couldn't like get lost in there. There's no place to swim. Anyway, the buddy system. So before you go in, that they would like give you a number, and two people would have to buddy up together. Okay, and then every 10 minutes they'd blow a whistle and they'd say buddy call. So, like, if you were number one, the two people would have to raise their hands together and say number one, then number two, okay? And they would check to make sure you were right there. If you weren't right together, okay, they would pull you out and say you, you lost your swimming privilege, okay? And they would do this every 10 minutes, okay? Like, nobody was drowning. Okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, standing, standing room only, only, even the lake, okay? Like, we went in, it was up to like four feet or six feet, okay? But they had to be careful. Like, oh, we had to get you home safe to your parents. We, when I was a counselor, so we had the buddy board, right? And everybody had a number. And when you got onto the swim beach, you had to flip your tag. And then when you left, that that had your number on it to the red side. It was like a white side and a red side, and you flipped your tag. And then when you left, you had to reflip it. And if you didn't flip it when you left, and like there are no kids left on the beach, but there's a red tag, there'd be like a whole camp. Like all the counselors came down to the waterfront and would do like start doing a full search. Because, like, if a kid's underwater, you can't wait and, like, wait for the megaphone. And then the kid would ultimately have, like, run to go get the first shower. 
And then they'd come back down and feel super guilty because we were like waiting, looking for them in the water. Seems way too complicated. Right? Yeah. It seems like the buddy wh- system like, was much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you always were with your buddy. You were just with your buddy. You were with your buddy at yeah. any time, right? Uh, will you tell us a little bit about any camp loves that you had or if you had uh, socials or dances every week? So, on Friday nights, we had services every Friday night, and afterwards, we'd go right to a social where they'd play music. And yeah, I did have a crush on this one guy, but he really was not interested in me at all, at all. And I just, oh, I just loved him. But And we stayed friends, but no, nothing ever happened there. So <laughs> I didn't really have a camp boyfriend at all. So kind of like the girls all hung out and whatever. Not a lot of my friends had boyfriends at camp. We were really interested in the guys a lot, but none of us really had like any boyfriends we were just a bunch of girls hanging out what was the like music of the summers like what was the best socials dancing song it was such a good time for music uh when i was away elvis died one summer when i was away so remember you know there's a lot of elvis tributes then trying to think you know it's a typical i guess during the uh 70s all kinds of music Yeah. yeah Besides the Leroy Brown song. I'm it was the Beatles. It was the Monkees. Um, I think that's all I can really remember. Dominantly Jewish camp. I mean, it wasn't live R&B or, you know, or anything like that. I guess in the later years, the uh, disco started coming into play. So Saturday Night Fever was a big thing. Oh, Fleetwood Mac, I remember. Yeah. Okay. Was a big one. And again, we use these transistor radios, okay? I'm not sure you girls are young, okay? So on AM stations, when you were listening to it, they would have this loop. So every 20 minutes, the same songs would go over and over again, the top 10. And That's the same as radio today, I think. <laughs> it's a little bit better today, I think. We also used eight tracks. Eight tracks, so they were like, what would an eight track be exactly that we would listen to music in cars? And even they had recorders, a track. It was the predecessor to the cassette tape. Yep, yeah. and it was this yeah. big, big object that you would have to push into a machine, and it would play all your songs and stuff. So when you went to camp each and summer, would, what would you bring? Batteries, definitely batteries. batteries. So you needed flashlights. Flashlights a were a real biggie. We also, a main thing was our food that we would bring. So, so what kind of snacks food. are we talking about? So I don't know if they still have it. They might. The spray cheese, you know, the cheese <laughs> that. Cheese che- Well, even cheese whiz. But there was also one that's in a can that I think they still have today that you would spray on yeah, Ritz crackers. Yeah. That was a big thing. Um, what else did? Licorice was a big thing. Did you guys have, like, when we were at camp, we would do a lot of like, the cup of noodle soups? Yes, cup of noodle soups ramen. were big. But we had this thing that you would put in to boil your, your what was that called? You plug it, it was like a, a, co- a heating coil. So you plug it in and put it in a coffee cup full of water and it would heat up the hot water. Mm-hmm. Okay? But again, I could tell you a lot of stories about the food, okay? Because again, <laughs> to us, food was not the greatest thing at my camp, at least. And a big thing that we'd always get parents and grandparents to send us care packages, okay? So the mail was a big thing. Every day after dinner, we get our mail. And in those days, we used a lot of postcards. The counselors used to read all our postcards and then ask us questions. <laughs> so there's no privacy there, right? And then we got a package, a food package, a care package, Okay. Again, you'd open it up. Everybody would be watching what you got in there. Lots of licorice, cookies, things like that. And also, the counselors would used to confiscate, you know, from us. Like, oh, you can't have this. This is not allowed. And like, take what they wanted. Okay. Big thing: we weren't allowed to have soda in the dining hall. They used to call this 
give us this thing called bug juice. Yeah. You know why it was called bug juice, okay? Because the bugs were attracted exactly. to it. Exactly. It'd be sugary water, like <laughs> Kool-Aid, okay? And half the time you see like an insect in there. <laughs> so it was bug juice. Right? A big thing was that sometimes we would be able to take trips. We had a convenience store maybe about a mile, mile and a half away from our camp. So the big thing would be that we'd be able to get out, go with the counselors and buy stuff in the convenience store. And we would sneak sodas. But then the way we used to keep the sodas cool would that we'd pick up the toilet tanks, okay, oh. and, to- and put your soda, cans of soda, <laughs> in the back of the toilet because that water was cold. And that used to be a way of keeping soda cold. I'm telling you, we had to be resourceful. Yeah, okay? seriously. And we were almost like prisoners there. <laughs> but the food was a big thing, okay? Like you always knew who got the care packages and things like that. And then visiting day. Visiting day, the parents used to come up with their grills and with the good food and used to give orders what you wanted your parents to come with. (laughs) There was one kid, he was like practically, I think, the only non-Jewish kid in the camp, and his parents had an Italian restaurant in Brooklyn. Okay, and the parents used to so come. So everyone wanted to be friends with that exactly. guy. Exactly, <laughs> and then he used to take after Kate all all the leftovers he used to bring in. Okay, to the bunk and stuff like that. And I remember the veal parmesan heroes; they were great. Okay, <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, did you ever get in trouble at camp? Did you like pull any pranks or hmm. do anything crazy? Well, you know, there were there were times that we would definitely go out drinking at camp. When you were a counselor. When you were a counselor. When we were a counselor. So that would make me. Did you hear my gasp? (gasps) I know, probably like 17, a little underage. But we would go out drinking and stuff. And um, we would come back to camp with like tons of beer and cars and stuff like that. And I remember one of my friends actually getting fired because there was a ton of beer in his car. So okay. is that the most trouble? Probably. I don't think I got into too much trouble. I was a little bit of a goody two-shoes. You may not have been, but I probably <laughs> Jesse's like, give me the I mic. think every camper guy in trouble. I mean, we <laughs> used to mouth off, not do stuff. And again, we used to have inspections every morning. That the After breakfast, we'd have to go and clean the bunk up with this broom and uh, dustpan and make the beds with the hospital corners. And a group of you used to come in, inspect everything. If your clothes weren't folded good, they'd give you points off. And I hated that. So if we got in trouble, though, the punishment was campus cleanup or rock duty. So they used to give you a garbage pail, a garbage bag. You had to walk around the campus and pick up the gum wrappers or any little thing or else... My camp also wasn't like such a luxurious place then, so they would create ball fields, and all they would do is chop down trees. Okay, they wouldn't bring in topsoil or anything like that to make the field, you know, smooth or level. So another punishment used to go out there and you had to pick up the rocks off the ball field. Okay? <laughs> it was free labor. Picking up trash—that seems like a common punishment. That was a punishment at our it camp was. too. But yeah. for like being late to a meal, it was called pickup squad. And you had to find like ten pieces, ten of pieces trash of trash to enter the dining that room. Was yeah. I think my camp was pretty liberal. We never had stuff like, <laughs> like that. No punishment. No punishment. Yeah. Just do whatever you want. Just pay your money. <laughs> I think one of the big events were—and I don't know for you, Jesse, too, or you guys—but a big deal was when you would get a phone call. Yes. Yeah. So when your parents called, and you know, like today when, with phones and stuff. You'd be talking to your kids three, four times a day, but it was only like once a week. 
Okay, just to go back to a story I mentioned before, as I said, you know, mail with mail in the care packages were a big thing at camp, and our parents used to use postcards because it was much cheaper to send a postcard than a regular letter. Postcards were maybe five cents, and a regular letter was seven cents. You know, they saved two pennies. <laughs> After all, they were saving us, sending us to camp every year. Anyway, so as I said, the counselors would read everything. So I would tell my my parents that, you know, like they read this and they read that. So one time I get this postcard and I re- see in the postcard my dad writes something. And dear Al, okay, since I know you're reading this, okay, and he said something about him like, uh, and yes, Yonkers, he came from Yonkers and I do know your father from Yonkers and... <laughs> You know, he just, he just wrote, wrote you know, a postcard to the counselor. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. The other thing I was going to say, okay, Gail was talking about the phone calls and with the PA system, and the PA systems were a big thing at camp, okay? It was, this was technology at that point. And as I mentioned before, my camp was owned by two brothers with their wives. We'll call them the Goldsteins. And the wives used to get on the PAs and tell their whole family history, okay? <laughs> and they used to say... You know, Herbie Goldstein, please report to the main house for lunch. Herbie Goldstein, please come to the main house for lunch. I made you salami and eggs. You better come soon before it gets cold. Okay? And then Alvin Goldstein, the other wife, the other camp lady, okay? Alvin Goldstein. Please come to the main house. I want to go shopping and I need some money. Please come give me some money. And all, all the time, personal information over the PA system. It's like no one else heard it, okay? But they got to their husbands. Was there a lot of good shopping around your camp? There was, there was absolutely none. Yeah. <laughs> there was none. We used to, as a counselor, we used to have one night off a week and we would go to like a local Dairy Queen and we'd bring back tons of stuff for people, things like that. But there was no shopping. We never shopped. Once a year, the only thing we did once a year, and this is when I was a camper, we would go to a place called Angela Park, which was an amusement park. And we just loved it. That was like a free day for us. We would go on every single ride. We would scream. We'd be able to eat whatever we wanted. We'd save. Our parents would give us money to go. It was great. It was great. Did you have a place like that, too, that you went to? For us, that was the Orange County Fair. It always would be the day after visiting day. So our parents would give us money. You know, They would give us $50, which was a lot of money in those days. 50 It's like a lot of money right now. Well, because you needed it for the rides and everything like that. Yeah. That seems like so much for those days. Every story I hear about those days, everything cost ten cents. No, well, I think it was. I think that was like okay, but it was a lot because this way you need to go on every ride. Okay, I mean, every yeah. ride could have been three, four dollars, yeah, and yeah. the food you wanted to eat, if you wanted to buy something, maybe I'm wrong with the money, but they would give us a lot of money, and we'd spend it the day, the next day. Yeah. So, but interesting about like uh, having shopping. In my camp, the counselors were allowed. They used to have what they called OD, on duty. Mm-hmm. From 9 to 12, there would only be like one counselor for every two bunks that was on duty at nighttime. And the other counselors, were, if they wished, they could go off campus and go to the local bar or you know, mostly pizza and beer places. But they used to rip us off. <laughs> they used to we say, you know, can you bring us back a pizza, okay? And they would do it, okay? But those days, a pizza might have been $5, okay? They would charge us $10 to bring us back this cold pizza, <laughs> wake us up at 12 o'clock, okay? Delivery yeah. charge. Exactly, okay? <laughs> if you, they had a day, they also would get a day off, and they would go to the Middletown Mall. So we would give them money to, 
you know, go and get us stuff too. Awesome. They pay their whole day's worth of what they charge us, like service charge or delivery charge. And they would like tell us, oh, no, that's how much it costs. And we would know it didn't cost us much, okay? <laughs> but they took advantage. That was the days, I guess. You know, they were in charge and they had the power and they could take advantage of it, just like stealing our stuff from the care packages. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, we were wondering, did you guys send your boys to sleepaway camp? No. And the reason I didn't is I felt like when I went, it was very, very free. Like, we did whatever we wanted to do when we wanted to do it and whatever. And I didn't, I mean, I was 17 years old, and I had, I was in a counselor of probably 12, 15, and 16-year-olds. And to be honest with you, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't that responsible with them. And I just felt like it wasn't as structured as I would have liked it to be. We did send them to day camp. Well, they did go to day camp, and we were happy with that. So with day camp, they kind of had the best of both worlds. They had modern luxuries, okay? They got away, did activities during the day. And again, if they wanted to go to sleep away, we would have sent them. They didn't ask. They were happy. You know, They like coming home to the air conditioning and color TV and cable and stuff like that. Wait, Gail, I'm a little confused. So you didn't send them because you thought it was going to be not structured enough? Correct. Okay. She, she didn't send them because she like fully recognized what a free for all camp was. That's correct. And she was like, "My okay. kids are not and safe like, in this scenario." That's correct. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? I just I remember the things we did at camp, and I just know a lot of them were not what I really wanted my kids to. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So that was the reason I didn't. Jesse would have sent them quicker than I would have, yeah. but I felt like I did not want that for them. <laughs> A little, just didn't Even feel though that camp way. was like such an important time for you, like I know it's, it's an interesting thing that beloved I, thing I really for you. felt very strongly about not sending them. So <laughs> right. I can't if they really were, explain If they had it. been girls, do you think you might have? Why well, can't you know what the? It was easy because the boys didn't really ask about it either, so yeah. it was easy. I mean, there was no question in my house that I was going to camp every year. I loved it, but there was yeah. no question about it. That's what we did for the summer. No one was staying home. Yeah. My parents could do what they wanted to do, and that was it. It was no, and we lo- we loved it. I just didn't feel the same way about my own kids. Okay. Yeah. I double that. We were. We had to go to camp. We didn't have a choice, okay? They didn't, yeah, they didn't want us at home, okay? We were forced to go. In fact, it's a funny story. Gail's brother, okay, I think he was six years old. He got sent to camp. He feels that like he wasn't even grown up. And Gail's mother said, oh, you're going to go with your sisters, and that's it. And he really was very too immature to go at that point, okay? Yeah. I remember the first day that my brother got there, he had left a pillow on the bus. He was like, yeah, I think he still was carrying around. I think he was five, actually, not even oh six. My gosh. That's <laughs> when my mom went to sleep with camp, right. five years old. And yeah. he, had like, I, he must have had like this pillow that he was so attached to, <laughs> and he left it on the bus, and it was just horrible. He was so upset about <laughs> the leaving of the pillow. It was really, it was way too young to send a kid to That's camp. That's so pillow. young. My whole life, my mom has been like, I went to camp when I was five years old. And in my mind, I'm like, no counselor would sign up to take care of Uh five-year-olds. Like, that's like you are barely potty trained to go to camp. But she did. She found, and I, like, didn't believe her, and she found letters that her father sent her at camp. And I was like, you can't even read. How did you read these letters? I I think if you asked my mother today, if you said, did you send him to camp when he was five? She would go, absolutely not. Who would ever send a kid? 
that fine. And you're like, no, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Let's call him and ask him. She goes, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Who would send a kid to camp at five? I would go back to that over and over again. She would never admit to that. Interesting fact about that story. I've heard the story, you know, through her brother, too. And part of the thing is after he left the pillow on the bus on the PA, they started calling, Jay Schiffman, come to the, to the main house. You left your pillow on the bus. Jay Schiffman, right. your pillow's on the bus. Embarrassing. Right? Yeah. And she not only did that, she was like, Jay, you left a blue foam pillow on the bus. It was a blue foam <laughs> pillow. Come pick it up. It was... On and on. The PA system was really, it was, the, it was a lot of comedy came out of, of the PA system. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we were wondering if you guys have any stories or memories of a time when the whole camp kind of came together, like a, if you had campfires or just like camp meetings or something like that. Well, there's just a couple things I want to mention also. You had also asked about like relationships. Yes, we okay. didn't get your whole take on right. if you had okay. any camp girlfriends. Again, I didn't have any steady ones, okay? But the big thing was that at the end, last days of camp, there would be a prom. Mm. So it was a big, especially for the guys when you're older, like you had to like, you know, meet up with somebody so you could take somebody to the prom. So that was always pressure in camp, okay? You didn't want to go to the prom alone. So just like in high school. And again, we're talking like you could be 10 years old, 11 years old, and this was starting already. It wasn't like you were 18 in high school. So you always want to have a date for the prom. So people would kind of like... It's like little 10-year-old kids asking each other out to the prom. <laughs> right, right. So that was an also, I guess, when people came together. But we didn't talk about color war. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The color camp. war. The color was a biggie in every camp. I hated color war, okay? Because, again, they'd run you down to the ground. And I remember during color war, they didn't let you talk in the dining room, okay? They, you have to save your voice for cheering, okay? <laughs> Do you remember one of the cheers? Um... I just don't want to sing it. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> we used to like have to learn these things. Like for every night before dinner, we'd have to like do these formations, like marching formations, like they do at halftime, okay, in uh, football games. And then you'd have like after four days another sing where you have to like make up the songs and stuff like that. It was so much work, okay. Nobody liked it, okay. And they <laughs> stressed us out so much with this color war, okay. It was, you know, what were the colors? We were green and white. Okay. Those are the colors. Blue, red, yeah. Yellow. Blue, red, yellow. Right. And again, I think they, the people who ran the camp, they did it for themselves because it was easier for them. Okay. They would make us do all the work, okay, and stress us out, and they had little and to then, do. And then they enjoyed color war on, exactly. on, the, on the laurels of your hard work. Exactly. <laughs> do you remember how they used, I don't know about you guys, but. At, they used to break color war. So color war breaking was always interesting because they would do something that would make you really, really nervous. So something would happen at camp, like you'd hear a kid almost drowned in the lake, and then all of a sudden they'd bring like ambulances in. And it was really horrifying for kids. Julius and then faces. all of a sudden from the ambulance, you'd see the captains in the ambulance throwing out flyers. It's color war. They would always do something extreme like that, but it was always something that today you would never do. It's so not what you would do to kids. And that's how it would break every year. There would be something that would happen that would everyone would be like, oh, I hope they're okay. I hope they're okay. And it would always be someone injured or something. <laughs> we fell for it every year, though. Same. I mean, they used to try and surprise us yeah. for color war. And we had different. One year they had the Harlem Wizards come. Oh, that's Okay, they were playing basketball, and all of a sudden there was a big fight in the court, okay? 
And then they broke color war. You know, they start yelling color war. We had a helicopter land on campus once, okay, on campus. Um, sometimes they just rode in with the horses, okay, and start yelling color war. Again, that sometimes they did, like, there'd be a fight. Like, the best counselor would get into a fight with the head counselor, and they'd start yelling at each other, okay, and you think it was real, and all of a sudden they broke color war. So. <laughs> Jesse's like, it was the worst day of the summer. It was here. I wish that guy was really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I, on the other hand, loved color. I really loved camp. I probably should still be there. I love that. I love the activity. I like the busyness of it. I love the friendships I build. And still wouldn't let my kids do that. Okay, so you want to talk about what you what your right. parents got in exactly? They thought we were going investment. to the Ritz or the laps of the luxury. Okay, like my bunks, I think were designed for ten cots. Okay, mm-hmm. but they as much as they could squeeze in there, they would do. They would just put bunk beds on top of the cot, cots, and people would be like in the middle of the floor. Six year olds in the middle of the floor would be like up on a top cot, not even against the wall, so they could roll out. <laughs> so. Typically, I mean, if you did have the 10 campers, which usually it was more like to 12 to 14 in the bunk, then you had two or three counselors in the bunk, too. There were two toilets, two sinks, okay, and then a communal shower, which did have three shower heads. So, like, we come back from an activity, okay, like horseback riding, where you always had to take a shower afterwards because you smelled, okay? And, like, the people would be lining up, okay, to... Take a shower, okay? And, of course, the water was cold, okay? If you weren't in there the first shower, you know, they had maybe a 20-gallon hot water heater, okay? So if you didn't take the first shower right away, you had cold water. And this was the lap of luxury, Not much has changed, at least at our camp. It was pretty similar. (laughs) I remember that there was always bats in the bunk. There would be bats. And the owner of the camp would come in with a tennis racket. He'd wear a hard helmet, and he'd run after the bat to traumatizing eight-year-old kids, and he would kill the bat with a tennis racket. Honestly, it's like the best visual I can imagine. (laughs) And it would be like, it wouldn't be his own. He would like grab one of our tennis rackets that we used, that our parents bought. Then we were done with the tennis racket because you'd feel like it Because it killed a bat? Yeah, you'd feel like it would have bat juice on it. And stuff. we were like, no, we're not going near it. But this happened every single summer. Yeah, and your parents were like, why am I buying you a new tennis racket every summer? (laughs) You're like, this one's haunted. (laughs) (laughs) that's great okay well that wraps up our camp meeting section uh thank you guys so much for chatting with us for sharing all your memories uh you guys are going to stick around for our mini episode so there's more to come with our favorites gail and jesse amazing you guys told such good stories we love it uh shout out to our wonderful producer kaden thank you hey kades and find us on social media. Our website is www.happycamperspodcast.com. See us on Instagram at Happy Campers Podcast. Twitter at Happy, happy, at happy Campers Pod. Or shoot us an email at happycamperspodcast at gmail.com. Bam, we got them all. And as always, rate, rate review, review, subscribe. subscribe. Boom. All Day's right. done. Gone the sun. We out. Our theme song was written, recorded, and sung by the very talented Steffi Copeland.